Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Live Church Orlando, where we encourage you to live your life His way. For more information about Live Church and other resources, please visit livechurchorlando.com. doing a sermon called prep school as we prepare to move what's up man I love seeing you every week I'm glad you ain't in children's church don't tell them that though but I'm glad you ain't thank you sirs prep school talking about getting prepared and one of my school friends is here his name is Tori I'm surprised to see him but he knows more than almost anybody in here that I didn't like school Most of y'all probably not surprised. I got in trouble for banging on the desk. <laughs> don't don't try to do my beats. Don't try. It's copywritten. It's copywritten. <laughs> I got in trouble for banging on the desk. I got in trouble for playing too much. I was class clown in the uh, superlatives. I thought I would win best dress because I always wore suits to school. Ask him, ask, he's right there. I wore purple suits, yellow suits. This ain't, this, this ain't that, see, Tori, it ain't that strange down here in Florida because they, they, wear, they wear purple suits and yellow suits. Can I get another microphone? I feel like the, the power is running out. And I don't want to lose power. When I hold my hand at the bottom, okay, I won't do that anymore. Uh, and then I got fancy with it and I mixed the mustard pants and the olive green top. Ask him, I'm not like, I just knew I was winning best dress. They announced it on the loudspeaker. Best dress goes to, I was like, <laughs> somebody else, I think it was Brian, somebody. He wore chaps, Tommy Hill. I'm like, what? He ain't even dressed up. That's a polo shirt. That ain't dressed up. I got a cummerbund on. You feel me? Glitter shoes. Ask him. I'm not lying. Glitter. Walking in class, say ping, 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 ping. <clears throat> I didn't like school too much. But I'm glad I endured it. Because... You learn things in those times that develop not so much your skills, but your character as well. And that's what God wants to develop more than any skill that we develop. Everyone wakes up and we hustle, chase your dreams. Ambition really drives us and there's nothing wrong with that. But I don't think God is primarily interested in developing your skills more than your character. Because your character can get you indoors, your skills cannot. Yeah, man. That's why they do reference checks at jobs. Who was your former boss? Yeah, to, to check and see what kind of person you are. It's very, very, very important to be a good person and not just a good worker. There's nothing worse than somebody who can get the job done that's a horrible person. There's nothing worse than an efficient person that nobody likes. I mean, you get the job done, but nobody like you. At lunch, you at the table by yourself, like, and I'm not trying to say be a people pleaser, but just be a good person. God is interested in developing our character. And when your character is developed, things are drawn to you that will not be drawn to your gift. 
All right? So we're talking about that. As we move to bigger and better, I believe moving into the Coliseum next door is a sign that God is bringing us into a bigger space that we have to grow into. There are 1,800 seats next door. We have about five, 600 people that come, you know, throughout the week. So we don't have 1,800 people, but God is putting us in a space, and he's going to allow us to grow into it. Amen? And I know y'all clapping for live, but that's your life. <laughs> I'm talking about you. He's going to bring you into a space where you have to mature. You can't be so feisty and so attitudinal and thinking that's strong and strength. That's not strength, that's weakness. If you get an attitude over everything, that's not strength. That means I can't take certain things. I'm too weak to handle certain things. So your pop-off attitude that you think, because the hood like it, that, that's right, get him, get him. And you popping off and you all going with your girls and your homies, that's weakness on display. Somebody walk in that you don't like, oh my, oh. You're weaker than the person that walked in. You can't handle their presence. So God wants to strengthen us in certain areas where we think we're strong. We're displaying weakness. But meekness is a fruit of the spirit. Meekness. Meekness means having the power to do something but restraining yourself. Jesus could have came down off the cross, but meekness kept him there. Everybody that plucked his beard, he could have slapped their jaw on the floor. If I was God, oh, oh never mind. If I was Jesus, everybody that spit on me, their tongue would have came out. I just would have. Everybody, I would have, I would have had a field day on, on that stuff. But God practiced meekness. I could do it. I could call a thousand angels right now. But meekness says I have the power to do, but I don't display that power for the greater purpose. There's a greater purpose than what I want in the moment. I'm going to say that again. There's a greater purpose than what I want in the moment. So sometimes it doesn't call for you to, to be, you know, I, I say it all the time uh, that, well, let me go into this. Let me go into this. <clears throat> okay. My wife, I said it last time, she doesn't like surprises at all. I threw a big birthday party for her. I think I told you, a big coming to America party. Somebody was dressed as Eddie Murphy. Somebody was dressed as Arsenio. Somebody did the She's Your Queen to Be song. We just had this whole thing rolled out for her. And she just stood there like, and then she ran upstairs. I was like, hold on, guys. Your house full of people, like 100 people in the house. Everybody dressed up and coming to America. She came in, surprise, she's your queen to be. I'm thinking she's going to laugh. And she went upstairs like, babe, I wasn't prepared. I don't think God pulls too many surprises on us because he wants us to be prepared. He wants us to be prepared. So when the word of God comes into your life, the word is for you to now prepare for what you just heard. Prepare. When you hear the word, you adjust your life around it. That's called faith to prepare. Preparation always takes longer than the moment you're preparing for. I said this Wednesday. Preparation always takes longer than the moment you're preparing for. You train for months to fight 10 rounds, to fight one night. You understand what I'm saying? You buy eggs, you buy flour, you buy all this to prepare a cake. I don't know what it takes to make a cake, but I'm assuming eggs and flour are included. Anybody, any bakers in the house? She said sugar, what else? 
Water, what else? Butter, country, butter. <laughs> Good butter. I like that. But the preparation always takes longer than the moment you're preparing for. So it takes patience to prepare. It takes patience. I was talking about a bodybuilder uh, that we have in our house. Well, one that won, you know, a, 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 a competition. And he trained for months, changed his diet. I was like, man, just watching him go through the process was amazing. He was preparing for that one night on stage. So it takes patience. It takes patience to prepare because you have to continue to believe that the word will come to pass. You have to continue to believe it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. To prepare is to put all things is to put all things or oneself into readiness. I love that. That's the de definition in Webster. It says, to, it says to put all things or oneself into readiness. To prepare is to put all things or yourself into readiness. Now, it's one thing to prepare things. It's a bigger thing to prepare yourself. That's what we want to talk about more so. Prepare yourself for what God is about to do in your life. Your success... I'm just reading this intro really quick. We're going to get right into it. Your success is prepared for a different version of you. Everybody say that. My success, My success. is prepared for another version of me. Mm. There are things that are reserved and preserved for when you mature or elevate to the next version of you, and then it will be released to you. So we are waiting on the promises of God being, our, being the same version of us. Being the same person that we was two, three years ago, expecting different things from God. My dad used to always say this, and it got on my nerves, but it's ringing in my head now. If you always do what you always done, you'll always get what you always got. That's good. Y'all like that? It got on my nerves. Every Sunday he said that. I was like, man, he ain't study. He ain't study. He ain't study. That's why he's saying this. He ain't study. My dad was my pastor. I was on the organ, so... Uh, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. If you're tired of seeing the same things in your life, don't blame anything outside of yourself. If you're tired of the same friends in your life, don't blame anything outside yourself. If you're tired of the same results in your life, don't blame anything outside of yourself. Mm. Uh, to risk, prepare means to risk looking silly. This is what I said. To risk looking silly in one season... To risk looking silly in one season. To have provision in the next. Ooh, I like that one. Thank you. To risk looking silly in one season. To have provision in the next. What are you talking about, Ty? Noah! <laughs> for years. I think 120. For, I don't know. 80 years. More than any of us are even alive. He preached and built. Preached, built. Preach, built. Rain's coming. Rain coming. Rain coming. Looking silly. They, they gathered like, yo, what time you want to go make fun of Moses? What time? I'll get off work at 2. Well, let's go like 4. All right, let's go at 4. They made plans to go down there where he was building this big old boat to mock him. They gathered to mock him. He looked silly until drip. Oh, drip. He looked silly until the word came to pass. Mm, mm, mm. Are you willing to look silly until the word comes to pass? Are you willing to make adjustments amongst your peers 
until the word comes to pass. Because I'm sure it wasn't fun to build an ark that nobody had ever seen rain before. God, hallelujah, is about to do something in your life that no one has seen before. I feel this in my spirit. What God is about to do in your life, no one has seen before in your life. Are you ready to receive it? Can I ask you a question? To think? Who's, who's waiting on something from God? You're waiting? Okay, just the right message then. Cool. Put your hand down. Who's ready to receive what you're waiting on from God? No, 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 no. I don't, I don't mean desire. I'm ready because you desire it. I mean, I'm prepared from the inside out. I'm ready to receive whatever comes with the territory. I'm willing to receive it. The talking about, the, all of that. I'm ready to receive persecution. I'm ready to receive the thing that God is. Are you ready? Hmm. Okay. Noah, the Bible says that the, in the last days will be as the days of Noah. They're going to be eating, drinking, giving in marriage, partying, and then God is going to come back. In the last days, it's going to be just like the days of Noah. This is what scares me about God and the Bible. Then we'll get into the sermon. I'm sorry for holding it so long. This is what scares me about God because he doesn't always shut down the ratchet. See, it's like, it's like, it's like if, if Jesus was coming back, ooh, clubs are shutting down, ooh. Ooh, would you notice that? Ooh, drugs is getting, ooh, crime is getting less. Ooh, God about to come back. No, everything going to be rocking like it's been rocking. That's the scary thing. It ain't, Jesus said there shall be no sign for you, perverse generation. Everybody's looking for signs because we want to know when he coming back. When you see that green strip in the sky, that's how you know. We just want to know how far can we go. Okay, y'all. That's why we want a sign. <laughs> Because we don't want to be holy up until he comes. We want to, how far can I go? Uh, Jesus said, there shall be no sign for this perverse generation. I said, why would he say that to them? Because our intention is to go as far as we can for as long as we can and then jump on ship right before he comes. And that's not what he wants. He wants obedience. He wants relationship. He wants love. He wants commitment. He wants faithfulness. So in the last days, it's going to be just like that. They're going to be partying hard. They're going to be turning up, drinking, smoking. Everybody married, whoever they want to marry. Everybody doing it. Boom, he's coming back. You never know. No man knows the day nor the hour. Look at your neighbor and say, just be ready. I'm reminded of the ten virgins now. And then I'm going to go into the sermon, I promise. Uh, the ten virgins, they were waiting on the groom to come. And they had their lamps burning. Do y'all know this story? All right, they had their lamps burning. They waiting on the groom, waiting on the groom, waiting on the groom until their five of the virgins' lamps went out. They ran out of oil. Mm. They ran out of oil. They went <laughs> to go buy more oil. First of all, they asked the five wise virgins. They said, could we borrow some of your oil? They said, no, you got to go buy your own. Tell your neighbor, you can't borrow my oil. No, this cost me something. No, 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 no. You got to buy your own. I, I, I got sweat equity in this. I, this uh-uh. No, 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 no. It cost me something. I've been lied on. I, I've been through some things. I've I come out of some things. I've been persecuted. No, no, no. This cost me something. So they, they went to go buy it, and then the groom came, and they were not ready, and they were shut out of the, uh, the party, the, the gathering. You got to be ready. You don't have time all the time to get ready. You got to be ready. You don't always have time to get ready. So that's what we're saying. Be prepared. Be prepared. I want to ask you a question. This is still my setup. What's more real to you? What's more real? Where you are or where you're going? 
What's, what's more real? Where you are or where you're going. Because you live by what's more real to you. If your situation is overwhelming, you just, uh, 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 and you just that all the time. And then you got these moments in church, huh? Your whole life is just that. Because that's real to you. But if where you're going is more real, you have peace in all of that. Y'all quiet. Because I know this ain't going to last. I know, I know something better is coming. So I, I, I'm more, what's more real to me is where I'm going, not where I am. Tell your neighbor, I'm going somewhere. That's why I don't mind trouble on this level because I'm not staying on this level. I don't mind things happening. I'm not, I don't mind these problems. I'm not staying here. I'm going somewhere. That's why Jesus slept on the boat in the middle of a storm. Because he knew I wasn't staying here. I'm going somewhere. All right? So whatever is more real to you, that's what you live by. Prepare to shut out the noise. That's what we're going to talk about. I started it Wednesday. I'm going to go back over it today. Prepare to shut out. Shut out the noise. Everybody say, shut out the noise. The Lord told me this this morning. He said, tell him this this morning real quick. If you don't have a mark, you won't recognize the noise. Paul said, I press towards what? The mark. He had a mark. Some of us are pressing with no mark. You hustling, you wake up every day, hustle, and you have no mark. So you wear yourself out, you're tired, you're stressed, and you're angry because it didn't happen, but you don't even have a mark. Even in racing, in racing, the first thing they say is, on your mark. Like that's the first thing, that's the first thing you need to have, a goal, a mark, and then you press towards that. When you have a mark, you understand what noise is because it don't match my mark. Okay. When you hear things that are contrary to where you're going, you shut it out. But we don't know what to shut out because we don't have a mark. Oh, this is good right here. This is good. I love it. I wish I was sitting on the couch just talking to y'all because I'm standing so y'all expecting me to like preach and I'm that cool. But I'm just talking to you for a second. If you don't have a mark, you won't recognize a contradiction to it. You don't know what's against your vision because you don't have one. So people that just flow, I'm just, I'm just waiting on God. I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on Okay, cool. No vision. Without vision, people. Where are you going? What are you expecting? What do you desire? What have you prayed for? And bigger than everything I just said, what did he say? What did he say? What did he say is going to happen for you this in, the end of this year? What did he say you're coming into? Because that's your marker. You hold on to that through all the tumultuous times in life. You hold on to that and you recognize the noise. So there's a lot of noise. There are a lot of things that are speaking and acting against the things of God in your life. And this is your season to shut it out. When you go into reaping, when you talk about reaping, reaping. We talked last week about reaping harvest. I'm going to start the sermon. I'm sorry. We talk about reaping harvest. Everybody that reaps has a a little knife or a sickle and they cut the bottom of the, the wheat or the grain whatever when you reap you got to learn to cut things you never reap without cutting yep you don't reap without cutting you don't come into blessings without cutting certain things so what we're going to cut today is everything contrary to the harvest we're expecting from god amen all right so the sermon today is don't believe the hype I thought Liv would actually like that title. See, uh, 
When it rains, we're not going to have church, y'all. Because everybody's like, Shh. So we're going to do like online church when it rains, okay? Oh, well, do something then. Don't believe the hype. All right, then. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe the hype. The hype is an exaggerated thing. The enemy exaggerates things. You ever see this, the little writing on the side of your rear view? Thank you for that. We'll just wait till another point. Well, thank you. Wait till I finish the point, but I appreciate it. The side of the, the rear view mirror, is set, or, or the, the, the mirrors on the side of the car says, things may uh, seem closer than they really are, something like that. Appear closer than they really are. That's how the enemy is. It ain't that bad. Problems ain't that bad. Your issue ain't that bad. He's making it appear bigger than what it really is. So you'll be intimidated by it, but he knows you have power over it. Look at your neighbor and say, I got power over my problem. Say it again. I got problem over my power. I mean power over my problem. Which one is it? Huh? Power over my, thank you, babe. Power over my problem. It sounded the same for a second in my head. He said unto me, here we go. Talking to the dry bones, right? God said to Ezekiel, he said unto me, human one or son of man, these bones are the entire house of Israel. They were bones that were dried. We have hit certain areas in our lives. I'm going to keep talking about it because the church is called Live and it's based on this chapter, Ezekiel 37. So those who are, who are familiar with what I'm about to say, just indulge me because I got to keep speaking to the bones. He said, these bones are the entire house of Israel. Israel is God's chosen people. God here is looking at a dried up, stale, dead people and still saying they are mine. He's looking at a people who are not functioning how he created them to function, and he still said they're mine. I don't, oh God, I feel this thing. I don't care where you are in life. You can feel stale, you can feel dry, you can feel out of the will of God. God is still looking at you saying, you are mine. Good God, over that's the wrong side. God is saying, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine. Whatever state you're in, whatever condition you're in, no matter what you've done, you belong to God. He's still claiming you in your worst state. God still claims you in your worst state. It don't get no, dead is bad, but down to bones and then down to dry bones, it gets no worse than that unless it's back to dust. In your worst state, God is still claiming you. Are you hearing me? <laughs> so he said, these bones are the entire house of Israel. He says, they say our bones are dried up. Now, let me say something. This goes way back. This is before Jesus. So there's still, I mean, way back in the days of Ezekiel, it's still a they. I'm so sick of these days. Yo, they, they was like, yo, they said, who's they? The, the haters. They get on my nerves. They, they always saying something. They always posting something. They always texting something. They always sending a group text. They always sending an inbox. When do you ever pray? When, do the, when does the they's pray? When... They say, even back there, they still got something to say. So don't be surprised if people got something to say about you today. They had something to say thousands of years ago. Are y'all hearing me? That's what I'm saying. Prepare for the noise. Don't even worry about that. They're going to say stuff all the time. But block that out. They say our bones are dried up. That's true. Haters always mix their intent with something true. I'm going to prove it to you. They say our bones are dried up. That was true. 
But this part may not necessarily be true. And our hope has perished. How do they know that? You don't know about my hope. You, okay, you don't know the condition of my hope. You don't know the condition of my faith. But because you're a hater, you attach your intention to a truth of my life. Yes, I messed up, but it don't mean I gave up. Yeah, okay, y'all quiet. Yes, I messed up, but it don't mean I gave up. You don't know the condition of my faith. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is perished and we are completely finished. So not only do they say it, but we hear it. Look at your neighbor and say, watch what you say and what you hear. I'm going to say that again. Watch what you say and watch what you hear. You got to guard that. You got to guard that. You got to guard your ear gates. You got to guard your eye gates. I think Proverbs says, I made a covenant with my eyes. You got to make a covenant with your eyes. We're only going to behold the things of God, period. We are completely finished. That's what they say. But look at God. Look at the next verse. He says, so now prophesy and say to them. Now you got something to say to the naysayers. Good God. This is how you respond to haters, live. This is how you respond to people who always got something to say about anything that's going on in your life. This is how, it's always, and it's always the same group of people too. Can I tell you this? Can I, can I talk about this for two minutes? I know y'all, I know y'all heard it 16 million times, but can I say it one more time? People in those same group of haters are like mosquitoes or gnats. I call them gnats, right? Why do you call them gnats, Ty? Because gnats only get on my nerves because they fly so close to my eyes. If the gnat is flying, I don't even care. But when it gets, that's when it irks me. That's when it irritates me because it's in my view. You're in my face. You're close to me. You're a friend. You're like a brother. We did army. You're like my sister. You're my spouse. You're, when it gets close to me like that, that's when it bothers me. It might be a small thing, but it's flying real close. Don't let the gnats make you wreck. I was in the car one time driving. A gnat was in the car. We had an Escalade. We had a, a white cream, uh, whatever color, Escalade. My whole family in the car. A gnat. I was like, ah. The whole truck, woo, woo. Ah, that's all I heard in the car. You know, I got all girls. Ah, daddy, 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 babe. I'm sorry, the gnat. I almost destroyed. I almost destroyed everything in my car because of a, y'all missing what I'm saying. Because of a small issue, I almost destroyed my wife, my two daughters. I almost destroyed it all just because of something so small. And let me tell you, the life expectancy of a gnat is about 20 to 30 days. So you're about to destroy your whole life over something you can outlive. Look at your neighbor and say, just endure it. In, you're going out, to outlive your storm. You're going to outlive your issue. You're going to outlive the lies. You're going to outlive the... Oh, my God. You're going to outlive the rumors. Just endure. Certain things you ain't got to respond to. Just keep on living. God, this ain't the young people message. Any older people, y'all know what I'm talking about. See, I'm 41 years old. Yeah, certain things you just keep on living and it just fades away. 
But if you're going to respond, say to them, the Lord God says. If you respond to haters, tell them what God says. If you're going to respond to anybody, tell them what the Lord says. Don't respond on their level. I said this Wednesday because then they know what affects you. Whatever you respond to shows your enemy what got to you. Y'all going back and forth on Facebook and the enemy like, the enemy don't even care about the subject. He's just glad you all focus. <laughs> Are you hearing me? That's why I says count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. The devil throws so many temptations at you. It's obvious he's not trying to get you to do one thing. He's just trying to get you off course. No matter what it is, he don't care what, what, what deters your focus as long as you're not focused. Say to them, the Lord God says, I'm opening your graves. Good God. So that means it's true that you are dead. It's true that your situation seems over. It's true, but I'm about to open your graves. Now, one thing about graves I would like to talk about. Uh, back in the days, they had tombs and tombstones, right? When, they, when Jesus went to Lazarus' tombstone and gravesite, he said one thing that I want to say to you all this morning. He told them, roll away the stone. This morning, this afternoon, live. I'm asking you to do one thing. Roll away the stone. The stone represents your closure of the situation. Something could be dead in there laying down. But when you close it up, that means it's completely finished to you. It could be dead and still open. That means you're still hopeful. You still, it, something still might happen. But once that tombstone is rolled in front of it, she'll never be right. Our marriage is never going to make it. I'm never going to have That's when you have your nevers. But God is saying to you this morning, roll the stone away. I dare you to believe me again. I dare you to trust me again. I dare you to open up your capacity to have faith in that area again. Look at your neighbor and say, roll it away. Because I'm going to open your graves and I will raise you up from your graves, my people. You see that? My people. And I will bring you to Israel's fertile land. Mm, mm, mm. I'm going to open your graves. I'm going to bring you up out of it. And I'm going to put you in fertile ground. This is important to me. Because where God is taking you is fertile. What God is saying is, oh God, are y'all ready for this? What, oh, let me slow it down a little bit because I, I, I rush because I get to a place. God said, when I bring you into this place, everything you do will be productive. Y'all quiet. Everything you do will produce fruit. Because where you're at now, you're not getting results. And you're selling and you're sweating and you're trying and you're working hard and you're hustling. And nothing is working where you are now. But God says, I'm going to take you, I'm going to raise you up, and I'm going to put you in fertile ground. And everything you do in this place is going to work this time. Tell your neighbor it's going to work this time. It didn't work in 2016, but it's going to work this time. It didn't work last month, but it's going to work this time. Tell your neighbor, try it again. It's going to work this time. Steve is a witness, my wife is a witness, my sister's a witness, Mello's a witness. There are certain things that I used to have a Bible study in Jersey called Word on the Street, right? I would preach Word on the Street. Ah! Okay, uh, thank y'all for coming. And it was like nothing. It was like talking to the walls. And you got little results here and there. But it was like it was unproductive. 
And I think God did that so we wouldn't stay there. I understand that now, but them three years I was there, I'm like, what's going on? We praying. We are. It was the wrong ground. It's nothing worse than having the right seed in the wrong ground. The problem ain't your gift. The problem ain't you. The problem is the ground you're sowing into. The problem is the friends you're sowing into. You gotta change your ground to get better results. Look at your neighbor and say, change your, change your ground. We're changing our seed. You're adjusting your gift. Let me be more like that. Let me be more like this. Maybe it's not working. No, change the ground. Hallelujah. God said, I, I said that to say, I'm preaching some of the same sermons I preached back then and we're getting results. People are being healed from sickness and disease. Marriages and families are being restored because now God has placed me in fertile ground. What didn't work then is working now because I'm in the right ground. Is anybody ready to have the Midas touch? Look at your neighbor and say, don't high-five me. Come close, but don't high-five me because I got the Midas touch. Come close. But don't, da, da, da. There you go. Look at your neighbor. Almost high-five your neighbor and say, watch it. I got the Midas touch. Babe, watch. watch. That's, that's it. That's it. That's it. Can you please almost high-five your neighbor and say, watch it. Oh, oh, oh. Everything I'm doing works. Everything I do works. Everything I do produces results. Everything I do yields fertile ground. Everything I do in this place, everything I do in this ground, I get results. You will not be barren this season. You will not be fruitless this season. But you gotta be careful in fertile ground because whatever you plan whatever you plan good or bad you'll see everything you do will work you know after like after that's probably a little too vulgar after my wife had her first kid had our first child they was like, now you know she's fertile now. Be careful. I knew that was a little bit too much. I'm sorry. After that woman had that first child, but I watch it. She fertile now. <laughs> Whatever you plant, nine months later, watch it on fertile ground. <laughs> But God is saying, I'm bringing you into that type of fertility where the things you do will be easy. I'm telling y'all what I know for a fact. I'm not even yelling too much because I don't feel like it. <laughs> easy. Are you ready to come into easy fruitfulness? <sighs> not plowing all hard in the heat and the sun beating on you. No, easy. Easy fruit. Easy result. Easy harvest. My yoke is, my burden is it's still a yoke. It's still a burden, but it's easy and it's light. Anybody ready for an easy and light life? Clap your hands if you're ready for it. <laughs> I'm going to bring you into Israel's 
fertile land. Here we go. He says, and you will know that I am the Lord. That's why he's doing it. He's doing it for his own glory. God is setting himself up to get glory out of your life. God is setting himself up to get glory out of your life. God is setting himself up to get glory out of your life. That's why bad things get worse. Because he gets more glory the worse your situation is. Lazarus is sick. Now Lazarus is dead. Why did he let it get worse? Because I get more glory out of raising the dead than healing the sick. Y'all quiet. If your situation got worse, just lift your hand and say, God be glorified. You will know that I'm the Lord when I open your graves and raise you up from your graves, my people. I will, here we go. I will put my breath in you and you will live. Whoa. In you. In you. That's what he's doing. We want things to happen to us and on us. But nobody wants to change on the inside. Well, the Bible says, come as you are. Yeah, there you go. Don't stay as you are, though. <laughs> it doesn't say stay as you are. It says come as you are. God says, I don't mind you. Anywhere you can come, just come, because I know I can change anybody. Are y'all hearing me? God, not like church, God is not intimidated by any sin. His blood, I feel like running in here, is greater than any sin. His power and his grace will always overshadow sin. So he says, come as you are. I don't care where you come from, the highways and the hedges. Let them come because I got power to change. Y'all acting like he didn't change you. Has he changed you? Yes, sir. I will raise you up. From my I will put my breath in you and you will live. I will plant you on your fertile land and you will know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it. This is something God said. I'm going to do it. My dad used to say this. I'm preaching like my dad this morning. He said God is not as good as his word. God is his word. Anything he speaks already is. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Tell your neighbor it has to happen. I wish I could explain everything, but I don't want to give the contents of my entire life. God says, I've spoken and I will do it. Expect change on the inside, everybody. Not on your job. Not from your spouse. Not No, expect change on the inside. I've spoken and I will do it. Here we go. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So here is what God says. Okay? That's what God says. I'm pulling you out of your worst state. I'm still claiming you as mine. I'm going to put my spirit in you, and you shall live and show forth my glory. That's what God is saying is happening in your life. That's exciting to me. That's exciting. And I know everybody's thinking about your marriage, your condition, your job, and everybody's thinking about whatever's personally your, your concern. But God is saying, overall, I'm going to open your graves, and I'm going to put my spirit in you, and you will live. Now, that's what God is saying. Now, let's look what the enemy is saying now. What's the enemy saying? Hmm. You'll be surprised at what the enemy is saying. I'm about to show you right now. The king. There's a new king that came into power in Egypt. Egypt represents bondage. But first, Egypt represented prosperity. Are y'all ready for this? This is why I see Sunday morning is a different crowd. <laughs> when, 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 when Joseph interpreted the dream... 
He said there'll be seven years of famine, seven years of plenty. Or seven years of plenty and then seven years of famine. We need to store up while it's plenty so we'll have in the famine. They stored up those seven years. Joseph was over that province, right? Now the seven years of famine came. And the whole, uh, everybody else in the land was in want, but they had provision. And they were buying from Egypt. So Joseph, y'all remember when Joseph's brothers came and apologized to him? Do y'all remember that? We sorry for putting you in the pit. We sorry for all that. He said, it's okay. My family, just come here. Go get my brothers. Go get Israel. Go get the nation. So Israel now comes into Egypt for provision. Egypt was not always the place of bondage. It was first the place of provision. It was a place of favor. Until a new devil, I mean king. Have you ever heard the term new levels? New devils. You don't got favor now and there's a new devil in power now. Oh, God. So that's what I'm saying. Are you ready to be that blessed? I know what you're asking God for, but are you ready for that level of attack? Y'all not, y'all not, y'all not ready. Y'all not. I'm not saying, are you ready to eat better and live better? Are you ready to be attacked on that level spiritually? Are you ready for your mind to be challenged? Are you, is your mind strong enough that you can renew it right on the spot? Is your heart prepared to not be troubled? Okay. Yeah, okay. There's a new king that came on a new level, and he didn't know Joseph. And he said, oh, the Israelite people are now larger and stronger than we are. Mm, 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 mm. This is what the enemy is saying. So y'all thought the enemy was going to say the opposite. No. The enemy actually affirms who you are in God. If nobody knows who you are in God, the devil knows. Can I say that one more time? We have an identity crisis. We don't know who we are. The devil is clear that you belong to God. The devil and all of hell knows, oh my goodness, if they ever come into the knowledge of who they are, it's over for us. If they ever step into the favor of God, it's over for us. If they ever stop praying, if they ever start worshiping, if they ever start praising, it's a wrap for us. We got us. The devil knows who you are. The devil knows when you start praising him, he got the okay the enemy knows who you are look at them they're more and they're stronger than we are he said we got to be smart look at this let's be smart and deal with them otherwise they're only going to grow this is the devil I know it's the king y'all but this is the devil typically the devil knows all you do is grow all the people of God do is increase. Why is the devil confirming us and we're not confirming each other? Look at your neighbor and say, all you do is increase. Come on, y'all. Say more than the devil says. All you do is increase. Everything you do is blessed. Everything you do is powerful. Everything you do is effective. Everything you do is influential. Tell somebody, all you do is grow. Feel a T-Pain anointing for some reason. I feel a T-Pain anointing for some reason. I feel a T-Pain anointing for some reason. All I do is win, 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 no matter. I'm sorry. So the Bible says, 
<laughs> they're going to only grow. And if a war break out, they're going to join the enemy's fight against us and they'll escape from the land. So even if Egypt represents bondage, the enemy knows that you can leave whenever you want. Whatever bondage you're in, I just can't shake it. You can leave whenever you want. If there was ever a fight between us and them, they'll leave. This is what the enemy is saying. This is his observation of us. Have you ever been at the Universal Circus or the circus and see that big old elephant? And you be like, every time it walk by, you just like, even though the master got him on that little string, you know if that elephant feel like it. Okay, y'all quiet. If the elephant feels like it, it can shut the whole circus down. If this whole big tent will be a blanket to him if he feels like it. That's how you are. You up here being controlled by this little lust spirit. Okay. They don't, want, they don't want me to talk this morning. Y'all want, you up here being controlled by bitterness? You can break out of that anytime you, anytime you feel like it, you can break out. Anytime you get ready, you can be free. Anytime you get ready, you can be delivered. Anytime you get ready, you can be liberated. Look at your neighbor and say, are you ready or no? You're going to be controlled by... And I'm looking at this little string that this trainer who looked like me, I'm like, he will swing that little boy, he'll swing. He got this little string on the, the elephant like, come on, come on. I'm like, to the elephant, it looked like dental floss. We laughing, but that's all that's around your neck, floss. Poverty, floss. Come out of that anytime you're ready. Are y'all hearing me? Bondage, floss. Come out of that anytime you get ready. Lust, floss. Anger, floss. Low self-esteem, y'all quiet. Look at your name and say floss. You can snap out of that anytime you get ready. How could you say that, Ty? Because greater is he. Ah, I feel like running double shot. Greater is he that's greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Look at your name and say you're greater than that. The only reason why we don't realize how great we are is because since we were baby elephants, I'm still the same skitty master, but I had control over your mind since you was this big. Some of y'all got attacked at four and five years old. Ain't shake it yet. Father left you, so you low self-esteem or you abandonment issues. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about it. Get you while you were young elephant and I'm still the same skinny punk trainer but I just have control over your mind so now you get this big I'm still controlling you you're a teenager but you still can't shake me yeah I, I've been I, just, you're almost indoctrinated with this life system that's below you now you're the same height as me and I'm still in control 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you still keep growing. He says, all you do is grow. Now you're this huge elephant, which is like, to me, like the only version of dinosaurs we have. But it's still controlled by something smaller than you. Now, here we go. They're stronger and they're wiser than us. But let's deal with them wisely. This is when they made Israel slaves. Now Egypt becomes a place of bondage. Let me say something. The enemy never attacks where you are. He always attacks where you're going. <laughs> the enemy don't attack where you are. He attacks where you're going. He don't attack who you are. He attacks who you're becoming. Which is why when the word got out, do y'all remember when, 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 uh, when the word got out that there was a deliverer born, right? So the Pharaoh killed all two-year-old boys. Even King Herod, when they heard a savior was born in Bethlehem, he killed all two-year-old boys. Why would you kill a two-year-old? He's not scared of the two-year-old. He's scared of the word over the two-year-old's life. <laughs> Y'all quiet. So you're like, why is the devil attacking me? I ain't got nothing. I don't even got, I'm, I can't even make my ends meet. I don't got, why is the devil attacking me? Because there's a word over your life. Good God Almighty. He's not attacking where you are. He's attacking the word over your life. But no weapon formed against you. No weapon formed against you. Shall. I don't care how the enemy attacks you. It's going to happen anyway. Tell your neighbor it's going to happen anyway. Let me get over this. Let me get this over. He fears us. Next one. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. They forced them to build all of this happen. All this hard taskmasters, all this stuff, all because of what they would become. So the enemy fears you, which is why he puts you in bondage. Stop judging people who are bound in something. Stop judging people who are bound. It's not always a sign of weakness. It's a sign that hell has marked them as someone stronger than them. And if we don't control him now, it's over for us. Mm. So he made them slave masters. But the more, I like this, the next scripture says, but the more the Egyptians oppressed them, look at this, the more they multiplied and expanded so the Egyptians dreaded and were, uh, uh, I don't know how to say that word, exasperated by the Israelites. Listen, our, our, the more the enemy afflicts you, the more you grow and you multiply. So God uses afflictions to multiply you. Don't run from every trouble. Don't run from every problem. Matter of fact, confront it and face it. Because when you come out, you're coming forth as pure gold tried in the fire but come out as pure gold accept problems receive it because that's how i multiply and i expand look at somebody say god is expanding me say it again god is expanding me the lord told me to tell you this our troubles reveal our source troubles reveal your source when troubles hit you what do you go to Troubles hit you, what do you run to? So God allows trouble so you can see your go-to. <laughs> In church, it seems like God is our go-to, but pain reveals your source. Mm, 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 mm. So God allows pain to allow you to see what your source is. For some of us, it's the internet. For some of us, it's Google. For most of us, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Tell your neighbor, my help! comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. 
Let me close here. So all the noise of the enemy is trying to get you off focus so you will not multiply and you will not grow. But affliction expands you and the enemy don't understand that. He doesn't understand that. It only grows you. So now they go to a promise. Now this is what I want to say. This is what I want to say. There's a promise over your, oh gosh, it is imperative that you know the promises of God over your life. Because you don't even know why you're being attacked. Because the enemy is attacking the word over your life. Are you hearing me? It's not random attacks. He's attacking the word over your life. Now, God says, come out of Egypt. I'm bringing you into the promised land. So they now come to the promised land, and the spies are spying out the land. And Joshua and Caleb and the other ten spies come back with a report. The ten spies say, we can't do it. There are giants there, and we can't overtake that. What God is saying is, even though giants occupy my promised space, it doesn't mean it's not yours. Are y'all hearing me? So you're moving forward in God, and now you're facing things bigger than you've ever faced in your entire life. This young girl faced cancer. That is huge, but God is greater than that, which is why she got victory today. Clap your hands, y'all. She got victory today. Woo! So when I'm facing giants, my confidence is not in my skills. It's in his promise. I don't sharpen my skills, I sharpen his promise. I don't sharpen my talents, I renew my mind with his promise. That's how I have confidence in the face of giants. So as I'm encouraging you and say you're about to be blessed and you're coming into something big, I want you to also know that there are giants in the land that you are going to occupy. There are things bigger than you've ever expected. There are enemies of yours, but do not be intimidated by them because they come to you with the sword and the spear, but you go to them in the name of the Lord. And just like David took down Goliath, you use what you got. Tell your neighbor, use what you got. Use what you got and take the giants down. All David had was a rag and a rock. What do you have this morning? What do you have this morning? All he has is a word, the word, the word. Look at somebody say, I got the word. Tell somebody else, I got the word. The last thing it says, and they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched into the land of Israel, saying, the land which we've gone to search it is the land that eateth up its inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight, here we go, as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. We saw ourselves as grasshoppers. Live. Visitors, this morning, what noise that you have to shut out sometimes is the noise that you say to yourself. Sometimes, what you, the giants you have to fight it's the giant of how you see yourself. Now I'm facing giants and I see myself as a grasshopper and they see us as that too. You don't know how they see you, but you're projecting your fears instead of projecting your faith. Tell your neighbor, project your faith instead of your fears. Say it again, project your faith instead of your fears. The, we all know, we all have heard this before, the devil is a liar, right? The devil is a liar. If the devil is a liar... Who is he lying to? I just want to ask you that question. God told me to ask you that this morning. We are, the devil is a liar. I, I ain't going to. If the devil is a liar, who is he lying to? 
He's not lying to God. He can't. He's lying to us. It's never going to happen. You ain't never going to do that. Oh, I know the words, but you ain't. The devil lies to you. But because it sounds like your voice, you think it's reality. Did you hear what I said? Because it sounds like you're conscious. You think it's reality. No. If it's against the promises of God, the devil is lying to you and you got to don't believe the hype. Block out the noise and believe God. Somebody say anyway. He told me to tell you this. He told me to tell you this. He said, when I, when I can't look at what is seen, I look at what was said. When you can't, are y'all hearing me right here? When you can't look at what is seen, look at what he said. God said, I call that night vision. I can still see clearly at night. I can still see clearly in storms. I can still see clearly in my problems. Because I look at your neighbor and say, I got night vision. I got night vision. While others are blinded, I still know my course. While others can't see, I'm still clear that I'm blessed. I'm healed and I'm free. But it's imperative to us to not believe the hype. There's so much being said on the news. There's so much being said on your thread. There's so much being said on your text log. I don't even know. I can't imagine what we get from Sunday to Sunday, the information we get. I can't imagine the information we, we, we take in from Sunday to Sunday. But that's what makes it challenging for us to believe and receive the things of God, the noise the noise. We're here today because we believe God. Amen. Y'all believe God, right? Okay. So we're here because we believe God. Let's hold on to what we believe and block out all the noise because we're coming into this thing fast. It's an accelerated anointing on this church. Are y'all hearing me? It's an anointing of acceleration. It's happening fast. My pastor told me, he said, listen, the wait is long, but the work is quick. Did y'all hear that? The wait is long, but when God does it, he does it suddenly. Look at somebody and say, suddenly. But I don't want us to faint before we reap. And many of us are fainting before we reap because of our own thoughts of ourselves. If God can change how you think about you, he can get more blessings to you. And it's time for you to be healed, freed, delivered, and blessed. I'm, I, don't like, I don't like being blessed alone. My wife can tell you. I don't like being blessed alone. I don't like being the only one. I don't like that. God, uh-uh, uh-uh. That's why in the Lord's Prayer it says, our Father. Yeah, not my, our. I'm speaking on behalf of everybody around me. Our Father. So get ready to come into corporate blessings in the name of Jesus. Anything that speaks against it, whether it's in your mind or in your house, or in your life, we pray in the name of Jesus that you silence the noise so you can focus in the name of Jesus. We pray against all pain and past hurts. Some of us have, oh God, I don't want to say this. Hmm. I want to pray, you don't have to lift your hand or anything, but for those who have been molested in here, I want to pray for you. Yep, there's physical molestation, there's mental molestation, there's emotional molestation. And from a young age, you've been tampered with. And your view of life and relationships are skewed. It's hard to view God as a good father when your father is not as good as he is. 
So I want to pray for everyone. You don't got to lift your hand. I understand it could be embarrassing, but I feel it strongly in here. I feel it very, very, I've never been molested, but I know people who have, and I feel that spirit in here today. And I want to just pray for you. It's hard. It's hard. Because now you view all men or all women or most things through the lens of your experience. Because every time we speak of God, you think of your life experiences and you filter it through that. So God doesn't even have a fair, pure path. He has to go through your life experiences. So we want to pray against it now in the name of Jesus. If you haven't been molested and it's not your thing, just help me pray now, will you? Liv, will you help me? I can't hear you. Liv, will you help me? Yeah, I see people wiping their tears. Okay. Thank you, Lord. I'm not going to embarrass you. You don't have to stand or raise your hand. But let's pray now in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your strength and your power in the name of Jesus. Lord, we were in the care of some who we trusted. And they took advantage of us at a young age. It damaged our heart, damaged our perspective, damaged our capacity to love and receive love. But right now, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you heal those areas of our lives from sexual molestation to spiritual molestation. We pray against the effects of it in the name of Jesus. I pray complete healing. No matter of fact, I speak wholeness. We speak wholeness in the name. Are y'all helping me pray? In the name of Jesus. Woo. I speak wholeness to all those who have been mistreated, who have been taken advantage of by those who we trusted. I pray, God, that you now strengthen us, make us better, make us whole. And if it wasn't molestation, it was something else. It was something else. It was another thing. But it happened at a young age, and it still has an effect on us today as adults. I pray freedom in the name of Jesus. I pray liberation in the name of Jesus. I pray that we realize how strong we are now, how wise we are now. I pray that we realize the greatness that is in us, who is Jesus Christ. And when I receive Jesus, I receive a power greater than anything I've ever experienced before. So, Father, we receive your love, not the love of man. We receive your love in the name of Jesus. Break the chain of bondage. Break the chains of pain. Break the chains of disappointment. No more struggle. We flow now. No more struggle. We flow now. Command the flow in the name of Jesus. We declare that we are healed and we are free and we are whole in Jesus' name. Everybody clap your hands and say, I'm free. Woo! Clap your hands and say, I'm free. Thanks for listening to today's message. We pray you were blessed by God's word. If you would like to partner with us so that we can continue sharing the gospel around the world, please visit livechurchorlando.com.